Keys to the Commonwealth, a podcast where we share the real stories of local community members who are using real estate to build personal wealth, along with tips and tricks from professionals across the industry. And now, your host, Landry Fields. Welcome back to another episode of the Keys to the Commonwealth podcast. Uh, Landry here and excited for another week, another episode, and uh, especially with this uh this guy here. Uh, we've been friends for probably about a year now or so, or a little over that, and I've uh, been wanting to have him on the show, and it finally has kind of worked out, uh, offering a different viewpoint and some other, as we start to expand, hopefully, uh, some of our reach within the state of Kentucky as far as what's going on, as far as real estate, uh, investing, development, and so forth. And so he can speak to a lot to that in a certain part of the state that we'll get into. But without further ado, we're going to introduce Lee Webb to the show. Lee, thanks for coming on. Man, Landry, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I didn't know this thing was such a multiplier. I mean, this is a massive audience that you have here, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, the uh, yeah, we're, we reach all of Kentucky for sure. No, yeah, man. Not no, at all. I'm really glad to be here. I appreciate your friendship and yeah. you thinking enough of me to have me, honestly. Well, I absolutely. I would mean, say the same thing about you for sure. Um, but yeah, as we start off every episode, kind of jump back in the DeLorean and kind of tell me a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, how you got into the, the business, which I know is, a, I think, a cool story. I haven't even heard the full story, so I'm excited too, yeah. uh, as far as how you got into owning what is now the CEO and owner of Alton Webb Commercial Real Estate uh, in Shelbyville, Kentucky, right? Yeah, thanks, so. man. It's uh, like a lot of things as an entrepreneur, you accidentally find yourself starting something or, you know, I mean, with a great deal of hesitation most times, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I started this commercial real estate company in the basement of my father's house upon graduation from the University of Kentucky in the late 90s. I feel like all the greatest entrepreneurs start something in a basement or garage of their parents' house or something like that, right? I think so. Amazon, you know. You know what, though? But in in the time, in that long ago, when you're sitting beside the ping pong table and the Nerf goal, all that stuff has become cool and hip to have in your office now. But at the time, that was the Nerf goal that I played on as a kid. So I I don't know how hip and cool it really was. Right. That's funny. Yeah. So, But born and raised in Shelbyville? Born and raised in Shelbyville, went to the University of Kentucky, came back and started the business there, and really uh, from scratch. Um, Shelby County at that time, 25 years ago, was really seen as a community on the outside of Louisville that had a lot of potential, but it was still very slow, very uh, trying to figure out its identity, did not want to be a bedroom community, but also knew the positioning, the availability of land, the interstate systems, the things like that. You knew the growth was going to come one day. And we'll definitely get into that, but as far as what led you down the path, though, into just starting this uh, commercial, I think we talked in for a long time, you guys were the only commercial, Mm -hmm. you know, real estate uh, brokerage there in Shelby County, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. Kind of like what what got you into, I always ask, what got you into real estate to begin with? What was it that thought? Well, I think there's a couple of things, and I have to give my dad a lot of credit. My dad was an awesome mentor in my life. He was a great encourager. He didn't give me money. He didn't uh, pave the way for me or hand off the keys to a business. But he asked me this question that always stuck with me, and it's so simple. But he said, what do you want to do with your life? I'm just going to go in business and whatever. He's like, no, really, what do you want to do? And then why do you want to do that? Set aside the pro baseball, pro basketball, whatever it is we have when we're like, you know. Dude, my hero growing up was was Spud Webb, right? (laughs) 
Dude, I, I wish I was related to him, and, yeah. and part of it was the last name, but it was also because we're the same height. Yeah. I may yeah. even be an inch taller than him, so yeah, yes. I just set that aside. The Nerf goal was there, and so the memories were hearkening towards that. So we set that aside, and then you're like, what do you aside. really want to do with your life? What do you really want to do? And then there was an encouragement that came with that. He said, Lee, I really see you as a spark plug. If you know anything about an engine, which I know very little, a spark plug is essential to everything getting started, right? The igniter, the passion, the energy the energy to see maybe beyond uh, what is currently there. And in real estate, in particular in commercial real estate, it requires a lot of vision. Uh, you have to f- draw consensus. You have to add value right away. But you have to be able really to believe sure. that it can be better. Things can be made better. And the thing that really really drew me to commercial real estate was economic development more so. You know, it's about jobs. It's about creation. It's about mm-hmm. working with people to make your community transformed into something good. And so th- those were the things that drew me to it. Yeah. Uh, but then it was an immediate, uh, uh, you know, a mindset towards like, this is going to be really hard. And so therefore I sat in that basement for the next two or three years, basically spending my time making cold calls. Yeah. And so I jumped in without having any real experience to begin with. So, I mean, so what was it that triggered you again? Yeah. Was it just the development side, the idea of being creative and that you kind of uh, make of it what you would? There's no rules as far, not there's rules, but there's, there's just unlimited ways that you can, you can adapt or change something or develop something or, you know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think a lot of what entrepreneurs do is they look at their context and their circumstances and see where the opportunities are. Good point. And for in Shelby County, for me, that was real estate, right? So so seeing on the horizon the growth, knowing that there wasn't a lot of people that were interested in commercial real estate because, frankly, there wasn't a lot of that kind of activity seemed like a good horizon for me if I wanted to do something long-term. And so going back to the question, what do you want to do? You know, well, part of what I wanted to do was be entrepreneurial, own my own business, have a schedule that was flexible, be independent. Those things really were exciting to me. So even though I was sitting in the basement, it was like, if I could just hold on, if I could just figure this out, I think I'm going to like that lifestyle a lot better. Yeah. No. uh, And exactly to that point about uh, one starting, obviously, I think most entrepreneurs, most people get stuck at the starting part mm. for sure and never do something as far as their dreams or whatnot. And I was always one of those people. I was like, no, I'm going to take these shots. I, I learned very early on from just talking to people. I was like, don't, I didn't want to have regrets, um, yeah. you know, down just that I never tried to do something or show our, my kids type of scenario that I wasn't afraid to do something. I think my dad kind of helped show me that in some respects. But then uh, the part where you said, as far as entrepreneurial, all right, what can I do? What is their opportunity? And there was an opportunity on insurance, and that's when I started also realizing that for me that that was one of those untapped circles that I didn't. I knew. I mean, if I did it realtoring, I knew twenty five realtors. I felt like already in the area, so I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But I didn't really know anybody in insurance. So it was exactly that. Well, and, and that's an important distinction um, inside of real estate. It's a huge world. So yeah, all real real estate is opportunistic. But what is your niche? Because yeah. I mean, you could say, well, I I want multifamily, or I want to flip houses, or I want to do this or that. But for yeah. me. I really like the professionalism. Not that the other stuff isn't professional, but I like the professionalism and really some of the stuff about commercial real estate that I liked was that you didn't have to do open houses on Sunday. (laughs) 
you know, you didn't have to, at the drop of a hat, go unlock a lockbox and show somebody a house at Tuesday night at, you know, 7.30. Yeah, commercial really usually sticks to the traditional 8 to 5. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I don't know what that looks like anymore, but initially (laughs) that was quite appealing. So, you know, we we got into it. And in our local community, there uh, there was a lot of education, right? And so when you get into something that you're starting, you have to know that if you want to be a leader, that it's going to take, I mean, to be sustainable, you're going to have to educate a lot of people on what you do. And so you're helping them unlearn as you learn, which is quite a dynamic. Yeah. No, I get that. And so fast forward, obviously, uh, it's now 20, did you just have your 25th anniversary? 25th will be yeah. the next year coming up. Next yeah. year's coming up, 25th yeah. anniversary. That's wild. I'm it sure is. that's even more wild for you to think. Of. I can't imagine myself sitting here being like Nova Insurance is now 25 years old. It's coming. Scenario. It's so coming. Like, it's going to happen. That's going to have me back. And I, because it, you're so focused, especially maybe putting my RC back in as far as the hat back on as far as the entrepreneurial, it mm-hmm. seems like you're always just focused on that next step, next step, next step. That it's so invaluable sometimes. I mean, like hit pause and look back and be like, wow, how did I end up here? Because then a lot of times you're just always worried about where you're trying to get to and never getting there. And it feels like it's going to take forever. It's never going to happen. But looking back, and I just recently did that on a, honestly, another, ironically, a, uh, another podcast. And I was like, Wow, man, God's kind of done some crazy things. And mm. one thing led to another thing, led to another thing. And uh, even the short period of time, as far as my agency, which has been around for five years, it's like, wow, okay, there's already a ton happened. I never thought I would even get, to, it felt like it was going to take forever to get to those parts anyway. Yeah, it feels like feels like an adventure. And I think during that sort of initial period, you got to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe perhaps even a deeper question is who you're doing it for. And yeah. and those things provided kind of that early fuel. Again, I wanted to be in it long term. I didn't see this as something that was going to happen quickly. Uh, that is countercultural today to think beyond instant gratification with everything at our fingertips and being able to make things happen by the yeah. end of the day. How can you do something? And so for me, the big why was like, what if a real estate company was more than just the transaction? So we kind of started on that thing. Hey, let's build winning transactions. But then it was like, how do we go beyond the transaction? We started thinking about that. Then it was even more alluring. Like, hey, let's make this thing stay around for a while because we think we can impact people's lives um, and we can impact the state I love. Yeah. Um, you know, when we think about the state that's on the wall here and the heart that I have and our um, that my wife has for the bluegrass, our family, it's like, man, how can we make Kentucky better? Yeah. And so that becomes a why. And it really helps you filter out your different involvements and how you think about your business and how you think about real estate. To me, that that's where the juice is more so than, hey, I got, you know, a six and a half percent cap on this deal or that. I mean, I can talk about return of ec- on equity. I, yeah. can turn, I can talk about internal rate of returns. I can talk about all those things. Yeah. Been doing it for 25 years. That's fine if a client wants to talk about that, but I love to hear their story. I love to, you know, think about how uh, commercial real estate can affect their mm-hmm. legacy with their kids and things like that. Before we kind of talk about more of the specifics with the Alt, uh, Alden Webb and what's going on in Shelby County, having been in it 25 years, uh, what is for you, what's the biggest difference or biggest change in the, in, in the industry as a whole, or maybe industry in Kentucky, whatever, uh, that you've seen from you know day one from 25 years later type of scenario? That might be a hard question. But. Well, it is because really the, the impact of change and how the business has evolved is very dramatic 
really in the last three to five years. Not just the way we do business, but how the market has evolved. And we, you know, technology has changed everything. And so it's really uh, caused lots of investors to look back at their underwriting, not just the return they were going to receive, but what they thought the property was going to be used for. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine buying a multi-tenant office building five years ago? You thought, this is a great asset. It's just one of the traditional sectors in the business. You buy retail, you buy medical, you buy professional office, you make Mm -hmm. uh, your forecasting around those things, whether it's the tenant improvements that are needed, whether it's the rental rate or absorption models. You can look at all of those things. Uh, But then with the dramatic shift that we've had now that, you know, you look at that sector as, you know, individually and you're like, what in the world? Forget about return. Think about use. And so now the business has evolved so much that from the basement to where we are now, it's really been an incredible ride. Um, Not to mention what happens within the context of culture and how they use space but also recessions or pandemics or another recession or inflation and the things that we fight now, all of those pieces are always on the table. So what we have said from the beginning is the world is constantly changing and evolving, and I better be doing that too. Yeah, and if you're not, that's true. If you're not looking forward and taking those steps like you're, the whole idea, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards in some respects uh, with the, especially technology. I mean, especially how you do business from a, and being able to be even more personable. Um, because, well, I mean, speaking of my own business real quick with that, sure. it's like people don't want, people still want to know that they can call you. Yeah. That's not going to go anywhere right. and that's not changed. But being able to marry that with the idea of being able to have the transactional aspects happen and communication happen at the rate of which people expect now, Absolutely. if you're not marrying those two together in some capacities, then you're, you're, you're trailing where everybody else is going. I, I, uh, I love what you just said, and I think that's critical, especially to our business. We don't really talk in terms of a to-do list or here's the five ingredients for success or here's if you do these 10 things, it's going to happen for you. I, I sort of think that kind of thinking is out. I operate more with the tension between maybe a couple of ideas, and I'll give you an example. In our business, we talk about the personalization of the business, but also the professionalism. So for us, it's important, and those aren't mutually exclusive. So we want to be highly personal and highly professional. If I'm too much of a professional and I know all my stuff and I can spout off these things that I was just talking about, I'm not personal or you can't access me at all, then you're going to think I'm a jerk and you're not going to want to do business with me. Mm -hmm. But if I'm too personal, then all we are is buddies and I set up this expectation that whenever you buy real estate, you're going to call me because we're buddies, right? That's the way the old real estate realtor. Yeah, well, my aunt, you know, uh, it's going to buy this building and she's going to use me. And that's how my, well, that's not going to work either. So too personal, too personal or too professional either way. So we talk about the tension of that. And so when someone has an issue or they're trying to negotiate the last bit of a, of a deal, we found that those two things help guide us. So if we get too focused on the language mm-hmm. and we're not personalizing it enough, it's harder to get the deal done. Yeah. If we get too far focused on, oh, come on, buddy, just sign and it's all right, you know, you're, you're going to do good. Then we've left out the professional piece and we've left really our client lacking. And in most cases, probably at, in both of those examples, if you're on the extremes of either side, they probably don't admit, there's not a lasting working relationship where they come back to you potentially. That's right. Type of a scenario. So yeah. no, yeah. good points. Yep. That. Yep. Switching over to uh, Shelbyville. Yeah. Uh, Shelby County. A lot going on there. 
I'm going to re- hit rewind and, and <laughs> assume back when you started this, uh, obviously there is the outlet mall now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was not there then. So, I mean, yeah. really, yeah. my early memories of Shelbyville was yeah. just a quick little exit on the way to Louisville yeah. that I never stopped at unless I, for some reason, happened to need gas between like, Kentucky like, <laughs> and had missed the Love's gas station yeah. in uh, uh, Wadi Payton or whatever that one mm-hmm. is. So. Uh, yeah, give us a quick history on just um, those that aren't familiar with it or well, as far as maybe where it's it's obviously blowing up, and I think uh, the writing's on the table for it to, to blow up in a, huge, a big way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been astonishing the amount of growth that's happened there. Again, I would say within the last three to five years, I, I had looked at some numbers maybe 10 years ago and was sitting on an economic development board there, and our projections and what we were looking at with the pipeline of conversations we were having, we were going to have more growth in the next five years than we'd had in the last 50. And the last 50 compared to other counties mm-hmm. in Kentucky had not been bad. Right. Shelby County is not a bedroom community. There's lots of industrial base there that really don't have connection to Louisville or Georgetown. Uh, Oftentimes, they're autonomous of a lot of things. And so there's a good blend of industrial stuff there. But you mentioned the Outland Mall, and that's interesting because I I can't remember the exact year that that came in, but let's call it sometime in the early 2010, late 2000s, somewhere in there. But ever since then, there's been double-digit growth rates. I don't think it has anything to do with the Outland Mall. In fact, that's a very transient type. of real estate. Uh, But as you look at the market, since then, we've had double-digit growth rates. So Shelby County is not just in quantity, one of the Mm -hmm. fastest growing, but also in percentage. So you got both those things working. So when you look at the numbers, you see a population trend. So that's really set off in the last 10 to 15 years, uh, quite a transformation there. And what I I would say is happening right now is there are millions and millions of square feet of industrial uh, warehouse being developed right now. Okay. There are several distilleries being built, and there's a huge agribusiness kind of thing happening right now, not just so the tourism piece, the distillery piece, the bourbon trail yeah. piece is how many huge. Did you t- sorry, how many did you say were being built of the distilleries? Yeah, again? so we, uh, I think there's four right four now. Yeah, Gosh. and there's over there's over 10 million square feet of industrial, I think, that has been added in the last couple of years, and there's quite a bit under construction right now. So there's there's you see those sectors flying, you know, the yeah. industrial, flex, service, warehouse space, you see the tourism piece happening. In the last few years to support all of that, uh, there's been, a, oh, I know, over a 1,000 homes built in the last three years in that market. Now, you might say, well, that, that happens every day in an urban market. Well, that's that's a lot of growth when you start adding those three things up. Yeah. Then you start to look at the medical, commercial, investment, real estate side. And so there's been a huge land grab in Shelby County in the last couple of years. Lots of people just coming out and buying whatever piece of land they can buy, mm-hmm. believing that the trend is there. And I think they're right. For context sake, or context sake here, I mean, how far is it from, say, downtown Shelbyville to downtown Louisville? Yeah. Like I, I would tell you, yeah, you're probably 30 to 40 minutes to downtown Louisville, all the way to downtown Louisville, yeah, down. probably 45 to 50 minutes to downtown Lexington, yeah. 20 minutes from Frankfurt, 
So you're, you're right there, in, and let me just say, you're right there in what they call the middle of the Golden Triangle. Yep. So if you got Northern Kentucky, the Cincinnati area, you got Louisville, and then you got Lexington, it kind of sits at the base in the center right. of the Golden Triangle. And so there's quite a bit of, I mean, that's, and I think what they say, uh, Shelby County, really Kentucky is within, uh, is it, I forgot how many days drive, like within a day's drive of, Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the demographic center of the United States. Right. Right, right. And to that point, I mean, it's me, it seems like a lot of what happened to Georgetown mm. when, and we'll talk about that, but obviously sure. there's some big plants going into Shelby, sure. Shelby County as well, kind of like Georgetown with the Toyota plant, and that just skyrocketed Georgetown into what became the quick, fastest growing county for a long time. Obviously, yeah. they had to, they've had to shut that down for a little bit with the because they have no uh, expansion on their sewer uh, system right now. That is, a, that is a great point. Let me add in on that as it relates to Shelby County. Yeah. So much of where growth can happen is dictated by the amount of infrastructure. Most people have no, don't ever think about that. They, that's right. And so you can say, well, I want to go here, but there's, there's no available infrastructure, not yeah. just sewer, but electricity. Yeah. I mean, Shelby County in Kentucky's electricity is so low cost compared to yeah. other communities and other states. And also, I would say, our cost of living is so much oh, yeah. less. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I would say, well, we live in the great, greatest state in the union, so you know, <laughs> go Cats. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think it's uh, looking more towards the future. I mean, I don't think it's going to slow down for a long time. I don't see it slow down for a long time. I'm sure you would do the same thing, obviously, with the growth of uh, the state as a whole from both an industrial standpoint that's been skyrocketing, um, as well as the fact of people moving away from more of just the large, large, much larger metros and more to smaller metros type of scenario. Well, yeah, Lexington's not slowing down. Louisville's not slowing down. It's only going to keep growing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's great about that area is the access not just to rail and those things, but also the world ports, the hubs, uh, the international airport, UPS, Amazon, all those things are in place as well. So if you've got unlimited water supply, which taps into the Ohio River, um, I think that line runs from Louisville to Lexington. I'm getting into the weeds here a little bit, uh, but... Uh, you know, you know you, more than me on that. When you look at the infrastructure and the available land and the sites, you know that are out there, it's really an exciting time. And I might just also add, you know, what's happening down in E Town and that whole. Uh-huh. If you draw that whole full circle all the way down to Bowling Green, yep. I mean, you got a massive area that is well positioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Central Kentucky, it feels like a little bit behind right now. Well, we, uh, you know, right now, if you look at the commercial real estate market and you look at the workforce issues, you look at inflation, you look at those kind of things, interest rates being high, you would say this is this is really a bad time to consider something like commercial real estate. <laughs> um, you know, for me, yep. it's the exact right time. So we're actually building our team right now. We're mm-hmm. thinking about investing in a contrarian way. Um, you know, that's, if you ask Warren Buffett, that's what you ought to do, right? Yeah. So when things are in trouble or they're low or they think it seems like things are, you know, uh, in a bad position, it's a good time to lean in and begin to build that out. Because again, uh, even at being in it 25 years, I still like to think I'm a young man to, of some degree. Oh, yeah. and, and so if I've got that, I've got another 25 years ahead of me. So I've got to think about sustainability mm. even now. Yeah. I've got to think about how do we get behind the team that we have? How do we position ourselves to take advantage of the growth? You know, but I, I would also say beyond the transaction means that we have to in our state, as well as in Shelby County, begin to identify the kind of growth we want. 
Um, we have to think about the kind of, you know, the sentiment that we have for the culture that we have here, which, you know, I'm a huge fan, whether it's the horse farms, the bluegrass, the farms that are uh, so important to our communities. Yeah. And so while I'm a huge growth guy, I want to be a, a, a guy that's really about the smart side of growth. Because again, I think there's a way to do all of this where everyone wins. Because, you know, look, we, we all want certain restaurants that we want to go eat at. We want to get medical services that we need. We want to have employment and places like that. But I think we also want to still have our horse farms. Yeah. And so I'm really drawn to the idea of working towards smart growth and partnering with people to do that. I think there was a sentiment back in the day when I started, it was like growth versus anti-growth. And, you know, you start to see that play out in communities like Shelby County and around, yeah. whether it be in E-Town or here in Lexington and how you preserve that heritage, but also allow for the growth. I think it's going to take some adults. Yeah to sit down at the table and begin to work that out if if yeah. possible. Well, I mean, I'll speak to that a little bit. I don't know what it is and I'm going to hopefully uh put my foot in the door get my foot in the door in some capacity if I can, but I I'm just moved to uh Versailles Woodford County and yes. obviously uh I think someone told me that, you know, a couple years back you could look at the graduating class from 10 years prior and it was like the same same number, mm. you know, and it's like in some respects, I get it. Sure. But to some respects, like you're saying, like there's also got to be a little bit of give and take as far sure. as the gr- growth is happening. Right. And uh, what are the good ways of doing this, the, the, the smart ways, wise ways of doing it, rather than just saying we're not doing anything. And I don't yeah. think any, I think most people agree with that's not necessarily a great solution to that. So I don't know what else I got. I got to figure out how to get my foot in the door a little bit there. <laughs> well, I think, I think it starts with a conversation. And if they're willing to have it, there's this. Uh, not, not just in that community. Again, I would expand it across Kentucky because I think we're going to grow tremendously as people start looking at what they call the flyover states. I think these are going to be the places that they identify that they want to come with industry. I think we have to begin to look at what our vision is. Of course, you and I know without vision, people will perish. So we have to determine who we are and why we are that. And then we have to begin to think about what a vision can look like. And then we have to be able to get together and articulate that and do that with our strategic planning. Um, Do that as we sit around the table and try to take these preferences that we have, and instead of having unspoken conformity, let's come up with a modern vision of what we can do so that communities can win, so that Kentucky can be that better than we found it. And so those things are passions of mine. And so you would see naturally how that would fit into commercial real estate. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, even to Lexington area, there's so much going on with that. I got to give them props to. I mean, they're trying to Absolutely. do that the best way Absolutely. they can. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, you take downtown. I mean, I think you went to UK oh, back yeah. when, and just like you didn't go downtown. Like right. We've talked about right now. Before. It's all like, one. Yeah. Now it's like, wow, downtown's going to be really something cool. super special and super cool. Yeah. Uh, you might, if you might traveling and stopping in at Shelbyville, then where, where are you saying, taking them to go eat then? Oh Luckily. man, that's a great question. Uh, so I, I like the, lo- on the spot. No, that's great. No, I, got, I, got, I got the list. Okay. I got the list. So, you know, okay. like I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, all the, all the restaurants in Shelby County are amazing. Okay. <laughs> Right. So, so there, there's there's a few, you know, there's a barbecue place right off the exit. So if you're coming right off the exit named Kentex, it's amazing. I've loved that place for years. There's a Italian place downtown called Bell House okay. that some of my friends started there that's an amazing place. And, um, you know, back in the day, they used to have uh, the Claudia Sanders Dinner House. Um, and that's where we had, Rachel and I had our wedding reception. And okay. I, I'm not sure it's still uh, up and running, uh, but there, there are a lot of, 
little jewels like that around. Uh, there's a little deli downtown that's awesome. Uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of places, and I would suspect that you know that's going to be a segment that's really going to grow in Shelby County. Sure, you know, um, food service and the restaurant piece. I think you really, haven't really had much tourism in the out. Am I yeah, wrong in that? Or until you know, these distilleries start coming out? More? I think historically it was like, oh, you just kind of drive through. Yeah. Nice community. No, you know, there are some reasons to stop, but I'm not really sure it fits why exactly I want to stop. Now, I think people are slowing down a little bit or their job is taking them there or they're wanting to live in a community like Shelby County that's yeah. an awesome place to live and raise a family uh, and then drive to Louisville or Lexington. Right. I don't think commuting and with technology, you know, living 45 minutes from your job is a big deal. I mean, it's kind of laughable in the urban areas to 20, think about. 25 to 20, or 20, 25 years ago, I mean, Shelby County probably was not really, I mean, it was, it was probably considered more like out there if you were in right. Louisville, whereas almost at this point, we're probably bordering on the almost considering it a part of the, you know, just an extension of Louisville type of thing. Right. Obviously, several of those counties around Louisville that used to be that way are now just considered part of almost metro aspect in some right. in some regards. So, well, and I think that gets back to identity. Is that what you want to be? And yeah. so, your community has to decide that whether where you live or I live here in Kentucky. I think that's going to be a continual big issue. But you mentioned the University of Kentucky, and mm-hmm. so you know that that is such a passion of mine. Not just athletics, but also being involved with the students there. Yeah. Yeah, because you've been uh, involved with uh, kind of teaching real estate there a little yes. bit on some, uh, yes. not a true class, but, uh, you know, some, um, I don't know, speak to that. What it exactly Yeah, is. no, no, it's great. Um, so uh, Rachel and I had the opportunity to be really involved on campus, and one of the things we were asked to do is to come lead a workshop. Yeah. Um, and so we do that with the Career Center there, uh, the Gatton Business uh, School of Economics, as well as with the Graham Center. And so we partnered with them. And while I would like to have interns in our office, I really don't have the <laughs> scaffolding to support right. that kind of thing. I'm too much of an entrepreneur and our three kids are super active, which we love. So we think about that, what what it ends up being is four or five sessions in the fall and in the spring. So this is just strictly a volunteer thing and the students don't get any credit for it either. Yeah. Um, so, but they're really super invested in the workshop, the ones that come, because again, if you're not getting credit for it, you must want to be there. Yeah. So I do my best on that first session to make them see how awesome it's going to be and they need to stick around. I don't know how well I do, but we talk about in that first session uh, just the introduction to commercial real estate, what it is, what it isn't, some of the stuff we talked about. Secondly, Colleen Barr, who is an expert here in Lexington commercial real estate, been in the business just as long as I have, and she's amazing. She comes in and talks to them. What does it look like to be a practitioner in commercial real estate or investment real estate? So she comes in. The third session, we actually go on a field trip. Of course, in a day and age of, you know, we're kind of getting away from all this higher learning kind of stuff and more soft skills and practical yeah. application stuff with handles. So we go on a field trip. We go to a site or a development that I've been a part of, and I walk them through the story of how that happened yeah. and the people that are involved and how it came together and how long it took and <laughs> how much money I thought I was going to make that I didn't make, you yeah. know, and things like that. And so they really love that interaction. Then the last session, they actually give a hypothetical pitch on, you know, a project that they would want to be in involved in or an approach that they might have to modernize uh, an office building into some kind of multi-use building, things like that. And so it's really cool because I'm so jazzed about this new generation. Yeah. 
Um, they're so clever, and their 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 ingenuity is way underrated. And so we've got a lot to learn from them. And so yeah. I'm just I, I just be honest yeah. with you, and just coming in here and seeing your setup and how you've got all this stuff. So I mean, this is really fascinating to me. So again, being someone that's a starter, yeah. I'm always thinking about like what's next. Um, but starting is different than jumping and jumping and jumping. But just being a learner, yeah. you know, so I get to learn from them and hopefully they learn something from me. That's awesome. And I think, uh, I would, uh, you would echo this as well, but, uh, if you ever, if anybody's ever wanting more in, uh, insights into just the career, uh, to that point, as far as career in commercial real estate or uh, career in insurance, honestly, if you're for there that you matter, both of them are great industries in my yeah. opinion to be in. That's why I dabble in both. Uh, myself. Um, but that, yeah, the fact that you can make what you want of it as a career and that there's, there's value that's not never going to go away in, in, in both those scenarios as well. And it's very adaptable uh, to build a, a longevity career wise that you don't even necessarily have to have a college education for right. in that respects. Right. And, and so the, the opportunity to learn uh, is there's not a barrier to learn anymore. That's right. There were, where there used to be. And now I'm like, if they had YouTube when I was in like, you know, growing up, uh, who knows what I would have probably built? <laughs> Honestly, probably been a lot, a lot more things probably would have exploded or something like that. Well, you've done pretty backyard. good, you know. Like so, you got your hands in quite a few uh, things here. I'm super impressed. Well, hey, appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, um, we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Any last parting words as far as that? Well, how's, what's the best way to kind of contact you or look? Yeah, you up? Kind no of thanks. To reach out. Yeah, we're altonweb.com, and of course, we're on Instagram, LinkedIn, and you can find me personally on those. Yeah. Landry knows my cell phone. He'll be happy to give it to you. He's, I, always ask, I always ask permission for my, to give it out for my, my guests <laughs> first, but not to worry. But No, man, it's great. I mean, I, I think... I think the reflection for us in this time right now is to think about the time that yeah. we've been given and how to best use that. And so that requires us to think a little more deeply about why we're here, who we're serving, and how we want to use that commodity. Yeah. And so I just encourage people to do that whenever you know we think about this next generation uh, coming up. I always go back to that Tolkien quote that says, all we have is the time that has been given to us. All we have to decide, all we have to do is decide what to do with that time. And so there you go. Uh, hopefully that's a good parting shot. That's usually the way that I think about it. How am I going to spend my time? And spending yeah. time with Landry is a good way to do it. I, I, and, and to echo that point, I, I think that's a, a lost art that people are so busy with things or just entertainment and not sitting down like, what do I want to do? Like you said, back to the beginning of this episode, what do I want to actually do with my life type of scenario? And therefore making decisions based upon that type of scenario is a, a value right there. It's so a good way to go. Appreciate your time coming Thank by you. the show. Appreciate Thanks you, for having me, man. Uh, it's your a friendship. Blast. And we'll appreciate everybody. We'll see you next time on the Keys to Commonwealth podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit our page at keystothecommonwealth.com. To connect with Landry regarding insuring your investment portfolio, email Landry at novainsurancegroup.com or call 859-687-2004.